Hey there, everybody. Brad Geiger with a quick show note. In today's show, we're talking about the COVID-19 virus, Emerald City Comic Con, conventions in general, and a whole lot of stuff that were very much top of mind when we originally recorded the show. A scant 24 hours later, Emerald City Comic Con has announced that they are canceling their show for the spring. It looks like they are rescheduling for the summer, and they're allowing people with paid exhibit space or media to reschedule. Uh, they, basically, they're crediting their accounts. Uh, you can use that credit in uh, participating in the summer version of the show, uh, participating in next year's Emerald City Comic Con, or you can use your credit uh, towards participation in any other Read Pop event on or before April 1st, 2021. Just something to keep in mind as we talk about Emerald City and other conventions in today's show. Uh, this was something that happened after we turned the microphones off, but it was important enough for us to jump on and let you know about it before we start the show. And now, let's talk comics. So, Brad, can I start the show a little bit today with some gallows humor? Is oh, that all right by you? I'll take some gallows humor. A little gallows humor. So, uh, COVID-19 has hit the West Coast. It's <laughs> mainly hit the Washington area, bless those folks. Yeah. And uh, it's hit Northern California. But my wife this weekend got hit with a respiratory cold. Ooh, and all oh. the all the conditions. I'm, and uh, you know what? Let me tell you, her anxious husband looking on the, on the CDC website, what are the symptoms of COVID-19? <laughs> anyway, uh, she's got a cold and thankfully seems to be doing all right. But Brad, I have turned our house into a class two clean room. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember the scene in ET when the government moves into the house yeah, and there's and all they, the they started air tubes? hanging all that plastic tarp? Yeah, and there's yeah. all the guys. There's all the guys in uh, in uh, in chemwear uh, outfits, yeah. and, and they've got the tubes. That's that's me bringing her toast and a glass of water. <laughs> As, as I'm bringing her an ibuprofen. You look like you're cosplaying somebody from Marvel Comics AIM. You've got yeah. the yellow suit yeah. <laughs> with the little yeah. cone head. Or like, you know in Monsters, Inc., when somebody touches a sock and the guys jump down in yellow? That's me. She's like, can I have a glass of water? And then I enter the room. I'm entering the room and bringing you the water. And I'm walking across the room and bringing you the water. Because oh I'm a nervous... Now, you know, I, you know, I don't know that I've ever mentioned this on the show... I'm an asthmatic, and one of Brad's favorite yeah. parts of the stuff when we record this podcast <laughs> is when I go, before we start the show, I go, hold on, I got to do my albuterol, yeah. and I, I go, I do this, this the inhaler squirt, and then I'm quiet for like two minutes as I'm holding my breath, and Brad's like, well, isn't this fun for me? I get to sit here and watch Dave <laughs> this is great. Do, do albuterol. Uh, but anyway, like, um, for me, uh, like, I, in the past, small colds have hospitalized me because it oh. kicks in the, the asthma, you know, and so I'm in the hospital for three days. It's not fun. Um, and uh, so, uh, for me, with even even with the slightest hint that it could be on the West Coast, I'm like, I'm coming in with toast <laughs> and fruit and some ice water for you. <laughs> Good Lord, what happens if you just want to give her a little kiss goodnight or something? Oh, I am not touching her. I told her. I said... <laughs> I said, put out your hand. I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop the ibuprofen or the acetaminophen into the palm of your hand. I'm not touching you. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I say hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics. I'm Brad Geiger, editor of WebComics.com and cartoonist of Evil Inc. 
And I'm his friend Dave Kellett, cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and co-director of Strip. And this week's Hour of Comics Advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab. So Dave, Dave, let's talk comics. Let's talk comics, my friend. What is the first topic of the week that we should jump oh, into, Bradley well, J. Geiger? Listen, here I'm thinking. You know, we're talking about COVID nineteen and everything, and and uh, and by the way, we should we should probably mention uh, because this is a topical kind of thing. Uh, today's March third. We're recording the show, so obviously, uh, if things change uh, down the road. Uh, <laughs> don't hold us uh, too much accountable. We're, we're just uh, a little bit in advance. Uh, but here's something I was thinking about. Uh, I wanted to talk about what the role for cartoonists is during a crisis. And what I was hoping, and, and it may be too late, Dave, but if there is there any way you might be able to get somebody on the phone who maybe did a master's thesis in, uh, let's see, recent crisis, World War II. World War II, what cartoonists did during World War II. Would you know of anybody that had done a master's thesis on this topic? Oh, Bradley. Bradley, it's my time to shine. <laughs> it's my time to shine, Brad. You've been waiting for this moment for Put decades. Me Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Oh, oh no, my sir. useless master's is finally getting put to use. Oh, Brad, put me in. Well, seriously, oh. I was thinking about we could talk about the cartoonist's role or the entertainer's role in a time of crisis. Well, yeah, I, I would love to talk about this because, uh, as Brad mentioned, my... So my two theses uh, were one was 18th century cartooning and the idea of the public sphere and how cartoonists mm -hmm. built the idea of a nationality for the uh, for Great Britain, not just for England. Uh, that was the first thesis. Totally useless. Not not at all applicable <laughs> in the world. My second thesis was about cartooning in World War Two and how British cartoonists handled it, how they approached uh, your world literally falling apart uh, outside of your window with the Blitz. And how yeah. do you approach your cartooning? And so I actually think, Brad, there is a big argument in this situation to talk about the fundamental role of art in, in stress and in crisis and anxiety. Because right. um, for me, Brad, when there is a crime, that is the Socratic ideal for when a, when a police person is needed, right? Mm -hmm. They go running mm -hmm. to the crime. When there is a fire, a fire person is so, uh, a, fire, a fireman, firewoman is so critical in running to the fire. Right. When there's illness, a doctor runs, and that's the, that's the shining moment. That's what they were meant to do. Yes. And for stress moments, for anxiety moments, for moments of darkness and, and, and foreboding in the future like we're facing down right now. That's when you uh, need a jester. This is when art shines. <laughs> yes. Honest to God, Brad, this is yeah. when art shines. And uh, I don't want to be Pollyanna shadows about it. It's like, this is like we're putting our super capes on and we're, 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 we're going in to save the day. But this is, this is when entertainment is so needed yeah. uh, because uh, we're not planting a field with corn to feed people. We're no. not putting down steel I-beams to raise a, 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 a condo unit that can house people. Our no. job is to entertain and and lighten the heart in moments like this for the world that needs it. Don't you think, Brad? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. My question to you, though, is because this is something and I honestly haven't I, I haven't been able to think all the way through this. So I don't know where I land on this yet. OK, uh, but uh, I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> How does that extend? So I totally get that. 
Our comics are important. This is a really great time for us to really put our best out there for people and to keep our ear to the ground uh, for some of our readers uh, who might be kind of experiencing some some pain and, uh, you know, just kind of try to be there a little bit. And, right. and like I said, put your best stuff out there. But does this uh, extend to social media. In other words, is this a time for us to become advocates on social media or do we pull back and just keep it to the entertainment and leave stuff like uh, advocacy, like, hey, don't forget to wash your hands a bunch of times and sing the happy birthday song two times while you're washing. Uh, do we leave that to other people? Because there's a lot of that out there. Oh, wow. Or do yeah. we or do we or do we do both? Do we do we leave that to other people? Do we do both? Uh, what's your thoughts? How do we manage our social media? Oh, that's okay. That's a very different question. And that yeah. historically in comics is a, a new question, Brad, right? Right. Like uh World War One, World War Two, uh Vietnam War, cartoonists did not have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, the only the only possible situation would be like, hey, would you like to write a guest column, right? That would be the only time that a cartoonist right. back then would have had to deal with that. Um, and so most often in times of crisis or in times of darkness, cartoonists would switch gears and it would become cartooning about levity, cartooning about, listen, we know there's enough darkness in the world, so let's, for five seconds, for five bloody seconds, let's just have fun for in the comics, right? Right, right. It's the same reason as, like, if you look at Hollywood movies from, like, 1939 to 1946, there's not a war movie that was made. <laughs> there's not a movie about a, a gang fight that was made. That's they're all point. They're all about love and romance or a silly moment or a, a camp uh, d- delight, you know? Mm-hmm. Because everyone was like, F you! My world is dark enough. I don't need a gangland movie. Right. I don't need a movie about war. I got that in my daily life, you know? And if it was about war, I'm going to bet it was a comedy. Like, I can remember uh, movies like Abbott and Costello, uh, Buck Privates. Right. Where yeah, no, that's true. They that is sign true. up, and but, yeah. but it's all for laughs. It's, it's all, all for laughs, laughs because it's like uh, a version of that can be seen in the, uh, this is such a bad reference, but do you remember mm-hmm. the movie The Postman? Uh, it's yeah. a post-apocalyptic movie where at some points they're screening movies, and they, they I'm going to get it wrong, but they were let's just say they were screening uh, um, a Wizard of Oz, right? And then the real breaks, so they put on a war movie, and everyone starts to boo because they're like, "No, our world is shit. We don't want that." And so what I'm what yeah. I'm saying to the crowd that's listening to this is that in the days ahead, if 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 we go into a few months or a year or two of of, of darker days, people are going to want levity from you as an artist. Mm-hmm. They're going to want an escape, and that is critical. That is basically our calling in a moment like this: is to provide. Just a moment, a glimmer of joy uh, in some in someone's dark day, you know, Brad. But okay, now let's. You, you want to address that question? That no, no. If you're, if, I, I was going to say you're, you 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 need to circle around to that social media because I still don't know what I think about. Well, it. that was me. Okay, that was me fumfering because I don't know the answer. Okay, so I'm <laughs> well, of two minds. I'm of two minds about yeah, it, Brad. To, to answer your question, so uh, as an entertainer. No, don't listen to me. Listen to the CDC. Listen to the World Health Organization. You know, listen to your state Department of Health. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you, no one needs Dave Kellett, who has zero health uh, administration training, to to talk. Mm-hmm. However, the counterpoint to that, Brad, is that we have a platform, right. and there are people, and some of them are in my own life, that do not tune into the news at all, <laughs> do not follow anything of serious import. It's all entertainment tonight or, uh, you know— What's the newest dating show? Whatever that is. I'm just saying there are people for whom 
uh, cartoonists like you and I and thousands of other people are the bridge from hard news to reaching those kind of people. Do you know what I mean? So maybe I I guess what I'm saying is I could see the argument for both ways, either going for pure entertainment or also partially being transmissions of fact-based data to your readers. I don't know. So here's my question to you then. So my own personal opinion is I tend to not, uh, I tend not to do a lot of politics on my social media because I, again, who's looking to me for politics? (laughs) No, I don't think anybody really cares. Uh, And I, and, and I've said in the past, I don't think that anybody uh, has ever had their mind changed on social media through an argument. If anything, they just dig in harder, but would this be a good opportunity to thread the needle? And by that, I mean, would you try to challenge yourself to do a COVID-19 comic? In other words, somehow, let's just take the idea of washing your hands while singing happy birthday two times through. Using that concept, build it into a comic so that you're getting that information out there in a, in a way without saying, Listen, you guys need to wash your hands, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, make it a kind of infotainment moment. What do you think? Uh, you know what, Brad? There's a lot, uh, there's a lot of value there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, um, I saw that the Italian government in the last couple of weeks, because Northern Italy's got a, a, a real hit of COVID-19, and they hired an Italian cartoonist, actually, to talk about, to create, and it's really cute. I can find it for you. Mm-hmm. And if I, can, if I can locate it, I'll put it up on uh, Patreon, everybody. But it's one of those things where it came across my social media and I'll good God knows if I can find it again. You know, yeah. you know, those kind of links where you're like, yeah. who knows? I don't know. <laughs> um, but if I can find it, I'll put it on Patreon. It was basically they hired um, a really cute cartoonist who I had never seen before to talk about like, hey, here's the 10 things you want to do. Cute. Cute. I mean, in style, not cute in looks. Right, right. Brad gave me a look like I'm hitting on him. Um, <laughs> I, no, never they, you, I never heard you say that before. They had a really cute child friendly look is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they did. A, they basically did a little comic about here's 10 things you want to do. Here's 10 things that you don't want to do. You know, yeah. you don't want to stress in a way that doesn't provide or doesn't lead you to action. You don't want to stress like you don't want to spin on anxiety and uh Here's 10 things you can take action on. And here, and it's really cute about how to wash your hands, how to do this, how to do that, mm-hmm. how to disinfect your house. Um, and then, uh, so there's that. But then also, a really strong argument would be in World War II, again, going back to my master's, mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. government and the British government and both the armies of both hired a lot of cartoonists yeah. to do like, here's how to, like, do you remember Michael, uh, Michael Eisner? Uh, Will Eisner did a, a lot of famous comics about like, here's how you fix a Jeep. Right. Here's how you not get syphilis in Singapore or you know, whatever it was. Specifically because when they, and I've got one of the collections uh, in, my, in my library behind me, uh, and it was because uh, they could put that out in a, in a manual, but nobody was going to read it. But yes, if Will no Eisner, one was going to look at that man. Yeah. yeah, but if Will Eisner did a comic, everybody read that, and all of a sudden they knew how to change the transmission on their Jeep in the field. Because right. he showed them how to do it in a way that they were willing to uh, and more apt to follow. And you know what's funny? Maybe I, I, I say that maybe this is a good idea because in the time that we've been talking, I actually just got a Sheldon idea that mm-hmm. I could do about singing the happy birthday song while, while washing your hands. Yeah. Because, Brad, have you experienced this? Or I like <laughs> in our house, we do the ABCs. But 
Have you done the 20 second hand washing where you get to near 20 seconds and you're like, did time itself stop? Why is this so long? Why does it take 20 seconds to wash my hands? Or like, did the dinosaurs die and then come back again? How much time has evolved here? My fingers Good. are all pruny. It's like I, like I took an hour bath and I've got smoky link sausage fingers. Could you imagine if I was a piano player and had actual fingers? Have I been sitting in a jacuzzi for hours? What's happened to my <laughs> yeah, well, and so the Machiavellian part of my mind kicks in, and it's like, okay, not only is that good, not only is that, you know, kind-hearted and, and noble, but uh, it's also a really good way to kind of gain a little bit of uh, viral wave, right? If you do a very topical comic that not only shares a little bit of information, but does it in a super entertaining way, that's li liable to get very, very much uh, shared across social media. Yeah, I mean, look at look at Brad, always looking for a pandemic for a way to, to fight. How can I told I grow you, it was, it was Machiavellian, but my mind works like that. It's like, come on, win-win. No, win. Listen, I'm, I'm joking out of love because you know that there's a part of my brain that's like, no, I'm, listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not against it. I'm not against You're it. You're already working I, out the hashtags in I, your brain. <laughs> working out the hashtags. You hear me typing in the background, all right? I get my Instagram hashtags for this. Uh, Got yeah. COVID, COVID-19, coronavirus virus, not Corona beer. You've got all the hashtags, all the hashtags. That's funny. That's funny. Um, no, but so to answer your earlier question, I, I think play it by ear. If you yeah. have never previously talked about anything other than comics, fun, fun time, it might get weird if you're suddenly yeah. like, here's the latest news out of, out of Northern <laughs> Japan. And you're like, all right, now slow it down here. I think the most helpful thing we can do though, as people that have earned an audience is for God's sake, pass them, pass your audience along to knowledgeable sources. Right. Don't be rumor mongers. Don't put a, don't share a link that you haven't triple checked out. Send them to the CDC. Send mm -hmm. them to the National Health Service if you're in Britain. Send them to the World Health Organization if you're around the world. Those are legitimate science-based sources. You know what I mean? Like, yep. let's all be responsible citizens here and not rumor monger, not scaremonger, and not just go for the anxiety tweet, you know, that kind right. of thing. Right. Absolutely. So Dave, again, I'm going to, I'm going to mention that, that today is March 3rd again, but that means Emerald City Comic Con is coming right down the, the, the line. And I know Washington state uh, had an outbreak. Uh, has that changed your uh, decision to attend Emerald City? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, okay. Let's talk about this. Yeah. So uh, as again, this is March 3rd and the show starts, I think on the 10th or the 11th. Mm -hmm. um, so we are still, uh, as, as of time of this recording, way ahead of the game. So things right. might have changed very quickly on the ground after we've recorded this. But mm -hmm. as of right now, the show is going forward. The state of Washington has declared a state of emergency. And I think King County and Seattle Health has also declared a state of emergency. I think that's the case. Yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to spread a falseness, but it, it, regardless, the state has declared an emergency, a health mm -hmm. emergency. Um, and the show is going on and a few of our friends have dropped out of the show and mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of readers drop out of the show. And I yeah. actually, Brad, for health reasons, have also made the decision to drop out of the show. Ooh. Um, and I'll tell you why, uh, as mm -hmm. I said, at the, actually at the top of the show, I'm an asthmatic and right. a small respiratory hiccup can last 
three weeks for me as I try to calm my lungs back down from the closing of an asthmatic attack. Mm-hmm. And about three or four weeks ago, I had a minor cold. It could not have been uh, uh, more minor. Like it was yeah. just like a little sniffle, but damn it if my lungs didn't freeze up on me. And so I'm on the tail end of just getting my lungs back into shape. And I unfortunately am in one of those risk groups for uh, for COVID in the sense that the, the people that kick it tend to be, God bless them, very old or people with underlining comorbidities of which mm-hmm. asthma and, and COPD is one, you know? So for me, I just made a cost benefit analysis of it, of like, uh, um, I was already, as you know, on the fence about my enjoyment of the show. Right. And this just kind of tipped it over into the column of like, um, I, I don't think I'm going to do it this year. What was your thought process? Cause I, I, I've got to say, I, I'm putting myself in, in your shoes. And so it's not a local show. So you've got a hotel, you've got, uh, air travel, uh, you've got booth expense. Uh, I, I, I just uh, at first blush, my first thought would be, I've already spent all this money. I got to go. What was your thought process? Yeah, no, I'm, you're not wrong uh, because yeah. there's still there's still the the the, the business minded part of me that's like, no, 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 no. I've I've <laughs> made these expenses, Brad. I've got it. To, I've I, I've sunk in X amount of thousands. I've got to keep going. Got to go. Got to got to do it. And right? I haven't but, even mentioned there's the money that you are giving up out of sales that you're not going to achieve. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a definite loss of income. Um, and here was my thought. And so you and I have spoken before about the sunk cost fallacy, mm-hmm. and you actually give a better description of it than I do. So why don't you describe that? What is the sunk cost fallacy? Well, the sunk cost fallacy in general is kind of like I always say, don't keep making an old mistake just because you put a lot of time into it. You right, know? right. And so a version of that is how I approach this. In fact, one of my philosophy professors um, at Notre Dame had a really fun way of looking at moral problems, and I applied it to this one, mm. which is if I had to make this exact decision right now, if I hadn't sunk any money into it, if I had to make the decision that my lungs at this moment are not feeling very good mm. um, and I'm actively on uh, QVAR steroids for my lungs and albuterol for my lungs right now, would I make the decision as a father of two to fly up to the greater Seattle area? And yeah. the answer is, God, no, I wouldn't make that decision right now. So uh, viewing that uh, as part of the sunk cost fallacy, even though I had spent this money, the decision right now would be so clear not to go, right? Right. And so I called my uh, airline, got a flight credit. I called my hotel, got an easy uh, reservation cancellation. And the booth, uh, we'll see what happens. I personally feel, Brad, as the show gets closer and closer, and again, this is March 3rd, mm-hmm. I think the city or the Centers for Disease Control are going to start saying to the greater Washington area, this is not a wise gathering of people. You know, this is not <laughs> we've wisdom. Seen, we've seen you people walking down the street. We know that you don't wash your hands. Let's just not get all together in a group. <laughs> well, listen, if we can be, if we can be, um, uh, you know, family sometimes has the harshest criticism. So I'll mm-hmm. say this about our comics family. Comics, comic cons, no matter how much you love them, they're not famous for their great hygiene. Right. And I, I, I don't say that in a mean way. I say that from a health perspective, a community mm-hmm. health perspective. They are not famous for their hygiene. Right. And so um, we it's so in fact, it's so established that we have developed a phrase called con crud to right. describe the fact that, you know, 40 percent of people get sick after a comics convention. Right. Yeah. And so this, to me, just seems like a vector for um, uh, the spread of a new respiratory illness for which there is new, no vaccine. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, my own ignorant version of the understanding of viral, viral spreads is that social distancing is a key part to slowing down a virus mm-hmm. until you can develop a vaccine. And so the events like this um, and events like the GDC in San Francisco with the Game Developers Conference, which got canceled this week, and uh, a lot of the conferences in Europe that got canceled last week, uh, I think mm-hmm. that's wisdom. I think it's it's not acting irrationally to say it's not a wise idea to have 70 or 80,000 people in an enclosed air-conditioned space um, touching each other, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's no, sneezing and I'm not, on I'm each I'm not other. saying that in any weird or creepy yeah. way. It's just, it's not no. wisdom from the way the a virus spreads, which is well, in no, just, just, just because, I mean, think of how many times you shake somebody's hand in a, in a, in a given convention. Right. Even if you say, oh, I'm just going to elbow bump or I'm just going to fist bump, you know, you because of habit more than anything else, you end up shaking hands because it's what you've done for 50 years. Uh, you know, it, it, there's there's just a, there's a lot of contact that goes into a comic convention. And you're right. It's a good way to uh, to, to spread this virus among a big group of people who are then just going to go back to their hometowns, the ones that flew in and spread it even more. Right. And even though they haven't done testing on how long the virus can last on a surface, other coronaviruses can last between two hours and 10 days on a surface. Yeah. And so that cash that you take, are you going to go run and wash (sighs) your hands at the bathroom every time you take cash? Every time you pass someone a book or receive a piece of paper, are you going to go run and wash your hands? Um, Anytime you're working through a crowd, it also passes most commonly on droplets in the air. Mm -hmm. And so... They recommend a six foot and optimally a 10 foot distance from all people. Well, <laughs> fuck me. How do I do that at a comic convention? <laughs> you know, so uh, to me, the the wise choice as someone with an underlying comorbidity in, in my case, asthma was just mm-hmm. like, it's not worth the cost benefit analysis of that, Brad. And I'm I'm taking a loss both in terms of cost and in yeah. terms of lost income. Absolutely. But as a dad, I was like, I can't do this, you know, compared with the loss that you would take if you did bring that virus home and 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 you end up in the hospital or you, one of your kids gets sick and now there's doctor bills and all like that. Uh, those costs, especially like, like all of a sudden you're rushing a kid to the emergency room one night. Uh, those costs add up real quick, too. And, right. and you might you might the, the, my mind says you might be saving yourself money in the long run. Well, yeah. And and listen, this is not uh, I think we all should be careful and wary of making um, decisions irrationally. To me, mm-hmm. this felt like a very rational choice um, yeah. uh, just for my own health, uh, subjective health conditions. And, you know, there's another way to look at this, Brad, is let's say I decide to go. Mm-hmm. Let's say I fly out there. Um, if you're in the greater Seattle area and you're over 65 or you're in the greater Seattle area and you already have an underlying comorbidity, mm-hmm. do you go to Emerald City Comic Con? In oh which my case, gosh, my no. sales will be terrible if I go, you know? Right, right. Because those people are going to already decide to stay home. And then if you tune in to any of the social media, I've seen people, Jim Zubkovich has already announced that he's not going, he's pulling out. Uh, I've seen uh, pullout references uh, all across Twitter of people saying, I've made the decision. I just can't do it. Right. Right. Uh, so so let's say somebody's a big Jim Zubkovich fan. They find out Zub's not going. So they're not going. Now, that's your, your chance to get that guy or that uh, woman to buy one of your books on their way to Zub. Uh, just went out out the window. So yeah. you've got a chance of a whole bunch of people, a, a whole bunch of creators pulling out of the show. 
a whole bunch of people that were going to show up to follow those creators are gone. And then a whole bunch of people, like you said, who are just, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm older or I've got uh, health issues. Uh, this is not a smart thing for me. They pull out. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, this, this, it, it, I don't know that this, you're going to miss a whole lot uh, potentially. And I have no idea how the future is going to play out, but uh, it would have me worried as well. Yeah, well, and and listen, I think um, as we go forward in time, like Brad, I have no idea how this is going to play out. But just based on the spread so far in in uh, early spring conditions, mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance this will hit most major communities in the oh, U.S. Yeah. within the next six months. Right. So we're all going to have to live and learn to go through our days with this. But for me, it was also I would rather get sick in my own community, in my own house with doctors that know me than be in a hotel room where there might even be a travel ban temporarily, you know, like Mm. I don't want that. And so, uh, great. I don't want to be a fear monger. That's not what this is. I think uh, we just have to act rationally. And part of rational decision-making is social distancing where it's warranted. And, um, so I am a little afraid too, for Comic-Con. I don't know how that San Diego Comic-Con, uh, I don't know that it's going to be a great idea to have people flying in from all over the world, 130,000 people. We'll see how that goes. I don't know what the CDC is going to start to say uh, with any gathering, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, the same is true for the Olympics. I don't know how that's going to go in Japan. We'll see how it goes. But Oh, that's right. I forgot. I'm not a big Olympics fan, but I, I forgot that there was an Olympics coming up. But again, too. once it once it reaches a certain level of community spread, it's like, well, well I mean, what, what, what more can you do? You know, at that <laughs> point, we're all just going to have to have better hygiene and, and stop touching our faces and washing every two all, seconds. Yeah, pretty soon all of us are going to be in uh, Dave Kellett's AIM suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, so uh, anyway, I having made the decision, I don't love it. I don't love that I had to make mm-hmm. that decision. I uh, But again, this is not the same for people like you can't act with fear. You can't act rationally. This is not uh, for me. It's not the same as like not flying because that would let the terrorists win. Right. Like for right. me, this virus doesn't give a shit about my politics, about the worldview. <laughs> like a virus, the only it only exists to spread itself. And so uh, it, social distancing is a uh, just seems like a wise choice yeah. in, in to well, slow down the virus until a vaccine can be made in 12 to 18 months. You know, yeah, it, it comes down to pragmatism. Right. It, yeah, you know, this this is this is what it is. And uh, my emotions might be one place, uh, my heart might be the other. You might have been really looking forward to Emerald City, and I know that you were looking forward to seeing all the people that you always see. Oh in yeah, Seattle. I, have sev- I have Seattle fans that like literally, uh, not to be overdo it, but they literally live for that show. They get yeah. so excited for it, and it's the one time a year that they can come out. And there are a lot of people, local folks, for uh, I don't know, I don't want to overdo it, but anyway. It is it is a sadness on my part, but I think yeah. for me, with my own health condition, it was a logical choice. And I think we're going to see this kind of thing playing out more and more as we go into convention season around the country, which is tends to be spring and summer. Don't you think, Brad? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. And, and I got a feeling it's not going to be the last time we talk about this topic uh, moving forward. I, I think this is going to be an ongoing thing. No, and for me, uh, we've talked about this on the show. Comic-Cons have become, I don't know, 5% of my income, but yeah. there's going to be people that are really hurt by this. Because Comic-Cons are, I don't know, 40%, 50%, 70% of their income. Right. And so, uh, again, this is one of those things that Brad and I always say, we all got to get more legs under the table as Mm -hmm. as this advances. And we're going to have to, it wasn't funny that we talked about a recession 
like two shows ago. <laughs> and good God, did that feel, I didn't, at the time, it didn't feel prophetic, but geez Louise. And then the we, stock market went, <laughs> Yeah, and we're going to, for the first time really since the oil crisis or World War II, we're going to have a supply side problem, which the economy doesn't know how to deal with. We've dealt with demand side problems before. Mm-hmm. We haven't very often dealt with a supply side problem, and that's going to get weird real quick. Anyway, how fun. What a fun show we're having, Brad. What a lot of laughs and giggles and good times. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a little break and regroup. And then when we come back, I've got a really fun topic for you. Hey, if you're listening while you work, take a minute to stand and stretch. And while you're doing that, we're going to tell you why you should join us on Patreon. When you do, you're going to get hours and hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for backers. And exclusive Patreon posts that go even deeper on Comic Lab topics. And access to our exclusive Discord server, which is a thriving community of professional cartoonists. So you can support the show you love and get tons of actionable resources for your own cartooning. And listen, if you can't swing a pledge this month, we get it. No worries. Yeah, yeah, listen, you can still support the show by rating us wherever you get your podcasts. Just leave a five-star review and a few kind words. That, along with mentions on social media, is incredibly helpful. Now, everybody, let's talk comics. So, Dave, today's show is being brought to you by Wacom at uh, W-A-C-O-M dot com. And they're the makers of that new Wacom One that we've both been test driving for the past couple of weeks. Uh, And I just wanted to check in. Uh, Have you gotten a chance to use your Wacom One? A test drive is a good uh, way to describe that. Yeah. So um, just to remind everybody, the Wacom One is kind of their pro, pro pro-am, amateur version of Mm -hmm. the Wacom in the Cintiq in that it's a $400 unit. And so uh, I think of it as kind of a Pro-Am version uh, that's also mobile. But I'll tell you, Brad, on the Pro-Am device, we've been getting some real pro uh, results off of that puppy. (laughs) Yeah, this thing does not have any uh, real shortcomings that I can see. Uh, It's got a nice big screen, very portable. Again, we talked about the cords. Uh, It's very easy to plug in. Uh, it, it's, it, it, it really is a good solution, not only for somebody that wants to take it to a coffee shop, but you, this is something I could very easily, once we get finally at some point, someday moved back into our house, I could see just, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I could just see just setting this up in my satellite studio that I have sitting at the house and just making this my home, uh, work station. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, uh, um, it's funny because Beth and I were talking about it as she was working on it the other day. And uh, had this arrived when I was first contemplating the switch from analog to digital in my drawing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Brad, I would have jumped on this in a hot second. Yeah. And what a device it is for that kind of person, too. You know, like that. Uh, I, uh, Me making the leap from, from my Cintiq when I first did it. I think I, I I might be ballparking here, but I think it was like eighteen hundred or two thousand bucks, right, for that yeah. first one that I bought back in the day. Yeah, and for me that was a big swing. That right. was like I was nervous because what if I hated drawing digitally? What if Drive looked like crap and I didn't know what I was doing? <laughs> all all of which were very possible, and frankly, still might be possible. Um, no, uh, but this thing at a four hundred dollar price point, like I could see a lot of people jumping in on that one. That's and very affordable. That's this a is very a smart good, move on their part. If you want to just dip your toe in, you, you know, you this is this is a good way to do it, uh, and and you're not going to be out a whole lot of money if it doesn't take. And so far, I can't see this not taken. 
Yeah. So we want to give a shout out to our sponsors for this week. Uh, the good folks over at Wacom at W-A-C-O-M dot com. All right, Dave. So I've got a question from one of our Patreon backers over at patreon.com slash comic lab. And it goes like this. Uh, Craig Russell says, uh, hey, guys, glad to be here. I love the podcast. I always hear the advice is to start small. Unfortunately, every time I try to create a short story or a short comic, it balloons into a full-on graphic novel. The thing is, writing graphic novels is my main goal, so should I just continue trying to write short stories or just go for it with a longer graphic novel? Thanks for everything you guys do, Smiley Emoticon Craig. Well, Craig, this is a good question, and I could yeah. see I could see myself in two different moods answering in two different ways. But let me answer in the way that I think is the smarter one, which is part of the advice, Craig, is to finish a thing. And one of the reasons why we say a small short story is it helps you practice beginning, middle, and end. Yes. Right. And end is a key part of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And um, on, in a short version, you're not only working on your penmanship, you're not only working on your writing, you're not only working on your editing, you're working on crafting a clear beginning, clear middle, and a clear end, right? And so that's one answer. Now, my second answer, if, if caught me in a different mood, would be like, <laughs> follow your heart, Craig. <laughs> Craig, if, if this is what's motivating you to cartoon, then follow your heart, Craig. <sighs> Flowers and sunshine. And uh, that would be honest. If yeah. I was in a different mood, that would be my honest answer. It's like, yeah. whatever motivates. I was like, what's that woman that I use sometimes? Susan McTaggart. Uh, Susan McTaggart. Fo- <laughs> Craig, follow your dreams. And <laughs> the world is your oyster and will open for you as you work in your creativity and joy. Um, <laughs> well, what, uh, are you, what are you thinking, Brad? Well, how would you answer this one? I, I have one mood. And it's... it's uh, I have char- one mood. <laughs> <laughs> it's characteristically grumpy. Here's, here's the problem, Craig. What you're experiencing is a failure to edit. Yeah, yeah. And until you get on top of that, none of your graphic novels are going to be very good because you haven't learned to edit. And when you keep experiencing this problem, it's telling you that you need to solve that problem. Any problem that you you, uh, do over and over and over again tells you you haven't solved the problem. Oh, my God. You need to solve this problem. You need to, listen, I'm, I'm going to go even further than Dave went. You need to prove to yourself that you can write a short story before you allow yourself to write a long story. Because I love how, I, I love this because you and I are like good devil or bad devil, good angel on a shoulder for Craig right now. And you're like, yeah. Brad's over here going, look, you little piece, you got to do this and you got to edit and you got to write your story. And I'm over here going, Craig, the universe wants you to be creative through your pen. You are the voice of the universe crying out in a creative manner. And I want you to go forth and spread the love of creativity. And no. Brad's like, edit your work for God's sake. Edit your work <laughs> i feel strongly about that i think he, i think he needs to learn to edit and and i and i'll stand behind that if he doesn't learn that his longer graphic novels are not gonna they're gonna be longer bad stories yeah yeah i, I don't disagree i don't yeah. disagree that's one of the reasons why brad and i say that starting with short is good for a variety of reasons and one of them is the training ground of beginning middle and end and the satisfaction also of knowing that you can come to an end because mm-hmm. I will guarantee you as, as and I'm speaking as someone who is, I don't know, 400, 500 pages into a story right now <laughs> and God knows how many are left. Um, but knowing that you can bring something to a satisfying conclusion 
instills its own kind of confidence for a longer story and also informs how you know when to bring something to a satisfying conclusion, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it's kind of like in the movie Amadeus when Salieri says, you've got to give him the triumphant thing at the end to know to clap, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so as a cartoonist, you need to know when the mood of the room is changing with your readership and when the mood of the story is changing and to, you know, start to wrap that puppy up, you know? And so having a the practice of beginning, middle, end is important. And uh, so I think I will... If my if my co-host today is like anger from inside out, who's just the fire is bursting forward from his head, um, then I'm I'm joy dancing in the background going, Craig, we still love you and we still want you to create my baby practice the beginning and a middle and an end. Well, we still do love you, but learn to edit. But listen, I was just I, I I'm not making this up. Yesterday, I was teaching in front of my storytelling class. And I, I literally just said this. I, I said, listen, it, you need to find a way to indicate to your audience that you've come to an end because so far they're new. And so that they come, they'll either do like, uh, so the moral of the story is dot, 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 or they'll say, uh, you know, they'll get to the end. There'll be a long, uh, uh, awkward pause. And then they'll, they'll repeat something from the intro. You know? So that's why I decided to become a trombone player. Right, right. Uh, none of which are good endings. None of which are good conclusions. None of which tell me why you told me this story. Uh, and so I said, listen, my musicians in the room, you understand this because this is all about resolving a melody. This is all about uh, putting something out there and then bringing it to a, a, a thematic conclusion. And I said, if we were music- musicians, we we've got we could just do a, a very simple form of this and just go da 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 bink. But we can't. We're storytellers. We've got to do da 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 bink in word form. And until you learn how to do that, you can't you can't manage your story. And that's what I want Craig to do. I want Craig to find his da 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 da. <laughs> Craig, we want you to Bink. look deep inside your heart and look for the da 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 Bink. Yes, um, yes. And yeah, I, no. I couldn't mean that more seriously. Well, because, because you know, we've talked about stories, the point of stories yeah. uh, in the past. And some of it is the character going over a crisis and getting to a goal. Mm-hmm. Some of it is a character going on some type of journey, spiritual or emotional or physical, and coming back changed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes stories are tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell the thing, tell them what you told them, right? right and you've right. got to decide what is the best approach, what is the best angle to satisfyingly close up that story. And that kind of practice is important with short stories. And mm-hmm. so now we're saying what we've already said three times. Craig, good luck. <laughs> good luck on doing your short story and not letting it grow into a graphic novel. And by the way, Craig, one thing I should mention uh, before now, now that I said I was wrapping it up, sorry, Brad. Um, <laughs> Some storyteller. You, you will are. notice a lot of artists and a lot of novels and a lot of movies and a lot of comics that grew out of their shorter version. Mm -hmm. Someone did a five-page version that grew into a graphic novel. Someone did a film short that grew into a a full-feature film. Mm -hmm. Someone someone did a novella that they later uh, adapted into a novel. And that's common because you go, oh, wait, now I've done the beginning, middle, end, but there's more here. There is a story here that could be stretched. And that's okay, too. But what we're saying is at this point in your career, practice the beginning, the middle, or the end. Actually, what Dave is saying is absolutely right. And that is... So the reason that Craig is jumping off to that full graphic novel is that Craig is worried about missing all those moments. 
And what you're saying is absolutely right. Uh, and, and that is you can write that short story. Don't worry about missing the moments. They're still there. They're still there. Work on the short story. Finish that. And then if you want, you can build that into a longer narrative. You're, you're, in other words, if you uh, if you stay focused on that short story, it does not close the door on the long story. Right. Yes. Right. That's a great that's a great summary, yeah. Brad. Yeah, so think- absolutely. So, I, oh, I guess there's only one more thing I guess I need to say about this, and that is da 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 da. Oh, so, for God's sake. <laughs> here's the next question, Dave. We've got another question from one of our Patreon backers over at patreon.com slash comic lab. And it goes like this. This comes in from Dave Lerner, who said, love the show, working my way through the backlog and am more than halfway done. Ooh, that's a lot good of job, Dave. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of shows. We're up that's, to, I think, 114 like or so. That's like 110 hours now or something? That's, oh, that's my God. Well, listen, yeah, yeah, easily, because each one of them are coming in at about an hour, sometimes hour and a half. So that's a lot of hours of listening. Uh, you're going to hear us in, our, in your sleep pretty soon. So here's, here's Dave's question. Patreon exclusives is a no-brainer. But what do you think about exclusives for other sites? Twitter exclusive, Facebook exclusive, Comic Fury exclusive my home-based website exclusive, et cetera, and letting followers on each site know that there's more elsewhere. Is this a good way to build up cross-site followers who would otherwise only follow one site, thus improving visibility on all sites, or is it a lot of extra work for no real benefit? Ah, Okay, so I like this question because I see Mm -hmm. why they're asking it. I see the logical extension of their thinking through the problem. But I personally... Uh, dislike this thought a fair amount. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. So one of the reasons why we advocate for going out to many different social media platforms and also your website and also your Facebook and also your Twitter and Instagram and, and Imgur and, and DeviantArt and whatever else you're going to do yeah. is because we're advocating going to where people live. Right. Yeah. Uh, you in the back in the in days gone past when Brad and I first started going on the web, people would come to us on our site and that was it. And then you would try to get the word out to come to my site. Hey, come to my site. Hey, <laughs> yeah. it's like a realtor at a real estate opening. They have to your uh, home opening. You got to get them to come to your place. Right. right. But now we're saying uh, go to where people live. And so there's something a tiny bit counterintuitive yeah. for someone. Let's say Brad is my reader and he's only on Twitter. He loves Twitter. He doesn't want to do Instagram. He doesn't like Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all weird selfies and food. He doesn't want to go to Instagram, <laughs> but he likes Twitter. Yeah. I gain nothing by saying to Brad, you got to also follow me on Instagram, Brad. Right. Because Brad's like, no, to heck with you. I don't, I just want Twitter. And so there's that. And then there's also my second consideration is, one of the key reasons why you would offer a, a Patreon exclusive mm-hmm. is that the get, the gatekeeping aspect of someone who is supporting you, giving you money on a recurring basis, it is both a reward for the people that have done that, and it's an encouragement for people that are on the fence thinking about doing that. And that yeah. key distinction of money changing hands is a much more critical part of this process than I think you might be thinking through with the other social media outlets. Brad, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. And, and even more so, I'm going to put an even finer point on it, and that is you really have to take some time to understand what you're doing on social media. We always say on this show, understand the why behind the what. And, and what are the what are the four C's of social media, Brad? This force, hold on, hold on, I can do this. <laughs> it's, 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 it's content, Curation, cremation, and ki- and and ki- uh, contra- <laughs> I'll 
Did you say cremation? I think you said cremation. Content creation. Curation. Curation. You said cremation. Good God, Brad. COVID-19 is too much on your brain. I was was so trying to think of the kindness one, which is contribution. Uh, No, it's not. Cremation. He said cremation. Bring back the tape. Uh, I wish I could ask Matt to rewind right there. It's content, curation, cremation. Cremation. Good God. Uh, well, right. there are there are four C's. <laughs> Look them up yourself. Do your own work. Uh, but no, you got You got to know what you're doing. And th- so the reason, the why behind the what for putting exclusives on Patreon is that I get paid. When people go to Patreon to look for those, to to get that content, that's a way for me to bring money in. There is no upside for me to say something is a Twitter exclusive. In fact, it's downright silly to say, hey, this is a Twitter exclusive Uh, because what what do I get? Okay, I've got, I got a follower on Twitter and maybe someday they'll become a Patreon backer. Uh, But, but, but again, if I'm giving up the idea of exclusivity, to think about this. If I've got exclusives here and exclusives there, and I've got exclusives here and there, and I got more exclusives over here, guess what? None of that shit is exclusive. Exclusive means you can only find it in one place. Well, and no, I think, got- in this, I, I think in this case, the, the questioner is saying uh, you would only offer the plush doll on Twitter. You would only offer the, the magnets on Instagram. You would only offer uh, the T-shirt on Facebook, right? No. So uh, let's, let's grant them that, that that's yeah. what they're saying. Um, but I agree with you that really your your goal here, your mind frame should be a, a series of funnels yeah. that bring people to either backing your Kickstarter, mm-hmm. buying one of your books online or in a store, or backing you on Patreon. That's the underlying funnel system that you're doing Twitter for, that you're doing Instagram or Facebook or your website for. You're trying to get people to go from being a partial fan to being a casual fan, mm-hmm. to being a full-time fan to becoming a huge fan, so yeah. that they then support you financially one of those ways, right? And so making them jump through the hoops of going to different social media sites yeah. doesn't it doesn't engender fandom. It engenders like, why am I doing all these steps, you know? Well, plus and, that person that's Instagram only never finds out about you and never hears about a bunch of stuff that you did because you're Twitter only. Right. And, and look stuff. at it this way. You've already captured that person on Instagram. Yeah. Your goal now is not to transition them to another social media platform. Yeah. Your goal is to transition them to your Kickstarter or to your right. Patreon or to buying a book. That's your goal. Because that's right? where you're making money. That's where you're social making money. Social media is for publishing and promotion. That's what right. you use it for. That's what it's good for. It's not there for monetization. The two P's of social media as we, yep, yep. <laughs> what did you say? The two P's of social media, <laughs> publishing and promotion. Oh, don't start that again. I'll never be able to keep up. <laughs> I, I so enjoy Brad's alphabet soup of social media. That I'm, I'm, gonna... still, I'm still fumfering on, on the kindness one. I know it isn't contribution. It's compliment. Compliment. I'm going to come up with my four X's of social media. Zygote, or not uh, Xylophone, the X-Men, and Charles Xavier. The three X's of social media. That's the same one twice there at the end. (laughs) No, it is not. Charles Xavier, not the (laughs) X-Men. There's been time where the White Queen or Magneto ran the X-Men. Don't you you come at me with X-Men facts. Um, 
Oh my God. Well, listen, Dave, it's come to that time of the show once again. And uh, we've got a, we, we, I've got a nice kind word for you. You want, actually, uh, I, I don't usually do this. Uh, I might have two kind words. All right. I'm ready. Listen, I could use a kind word. This one comes in from MK on Twitter. Uh, and they say, I recently backed Comic Lab Podcast on Patreon, and honestly, I wish I did it sooner. Their pro tips alone are amazing. Be sure to check out their Patreon for a variety of helpful content, including the guest appearances of other comics artists. Uh, you know what I love about that, Dave? I love hearing that uh, that MK loves the pro tips shows. I know. We don't talk about it much, but pro tips, we do a whole supplementary, not even supplementary, like a whole side podcast yeah. called pro tips. It's 40 plus hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for patrons at patreon.com. And it's all yeah. actionable items for you can apply to your cartooning and your business of your art today. And so I'm yeah. really glad that MK liked that. That's yeah. great. It just comes down to you can do this right now. And a lot of times it's topical. Like, uh, believe me, we're going to be talking about tax advice coming up pretty soon since we're heading into April. Uh, so it's a lot, a lot of topical stuff and a lot of stuff that you can put in effect right now. And yep. speaking of topics, I've got another. I'm going to throw this in under kind words. I didn't clear this with you before. Uh, <laughs> so maybe we'll be editing this out. I don't Here, know. Here's what it is. I didn't clear this with you before. Dear Brad, drop Dave like a, a bad habit. That guy is bringing you down. All my love, Greg. Him and his four C's. No, um, so this comes in from a longtime uh, listener, Scott McAvoy, who says, uh, he says, as someone who works in the financial industry, I'm following this Patreon capital story with interest. And, and he says, Brad, would you agree that Patreon capital would be more like a loan from your 401k that you agree to repay each paycheck? And oh. when Scott says that, if you remember a couple of shows back, we talked about Patreon capital and we were kind of going back and forth. Is it predatory lending? Is it a payday loan or is it like a business loan? Uh, Scott brings up this whole idea that maybe it's like uh, one of these uh, loans you take out from your 401k that they deduct from your paycheck going forward. And I, 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 I'm really compelled by that uh, whole concept. I wanted to know what your thoughts were. I, yeah, I don't hate it. I, I got to say, as time has gone on since that show, I think I was more reactionary than Brad was. I think Brad was being far more level-headed for most of it than I was, which is which is <laughs> oh, rare. Wait a that which never is rare. happens. <laughs> I listened <laughs> to the first 10 minutes of that show, and there was nothing level-headed about what I was saying. Uh, if we could just flash back a minute ago to our conversation where Brad's like, just edit, for God's sake, just edit. And I'm like, flowers and butterflies and unicorns, Craig, and that's all you need to create. Uh, no, but anyway, I think uh, the best way to look at this, I, I will now go forward firmly is saying yeah. it's a micro loan. And one of yeah. the reasons why I would disagree a little bit with Scott about it being a, like a 401k loan is just because of the tax implications. Like, Ooh. I don't know, Brad, if you've ever heard or seen someone take a loan from their 401k. Yes. Holy shit. The IRS comes down on you when you dip into your 401k prematurely. They, uh, that's serious like, penalties. it's a hammer blow. Yeah. So, uh, 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 I would not recommend borrowing from your 401k mm -hmm. or withdrawing from your 401k or your IRA or your SEP IRA or whatever it is you've got. That counts as income. What's that? That counts as income. You it counts as income, but I think money. there's also, and I uh, listen, I'm not an accountant, but there's also a secondary hit, and I don't remember how they determine it, but it's like you had gotten credit at the time of deposit 
mm-hmm. uh, I think is the way it works. And not a credit in the terms of a tax credit, but uh, that the, your taxation on that amount was kind of hand waved away. And so then the IRS goes, oh, you're pulling that money out early, are you? Be a damn shame if we double taxed you on that because you was uh, you wasn't taxed on it before. And I think that's what happens. I don't remember. But anyway, yeah. what I'm saying is I, I, I see why Scott's saying that as a model, but I think there's also the the additional hit of bad tax hit on a 401k loan. Right, right. So it's not a perfect analogy, but it does go to the point of you saying you're getting a, a loan from the same people that are helping you make money, the company right. store analogy. Uh, so as I, I, I don't know. That's just something that literally just popped up while we were recording. Yeah, I think I do think, though, that the best thing that the best thing that we landed on is that it's a micro loan. And I think yeah. that's that's the smart capstone to put on that. Yeah. And I think uh, I, I was making more than my usual number of specious arguments in that discussion. And I, I, this is me feeling guilty. I just want to pull back. I don't think you were specious. <laughs> I, well, I don't even right, know good. what specious means, but I'm sure you weren't specious. Not specious with a T. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, at the, at, at the risk of being spacious, I'm going to say. <laughs> Well, that's when you're spacing out. (laughs) I'm going to say you've been listening to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics. And as the one person who is making specious arguments, I will say that that is superficially true but factually wrong arguments. And your hosts have been my friend Brad Geiger, the editor of webcomics.com and the cartoonist of Evil Inc. at evil-comic.com. And my good friend Dave Kellett, co-director of Stripped and cartoonist of Sheldon at sheldoncomics.com and drive at drivecomic.com. And the Comic Lab theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at theworldrecord.net. And this episode and all episodes was edited by the ever-delightful Matt Woodard of Woodsong Productions. And I'm going to emphasize this one over at www.woodsong.media. Wasn't that a nice read for Matt this week? That was a good read right there. That was very nice. I want to give a little... Christmas comes early for Matt this year. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas comes early. If you love Comic Lab, you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and you may hear your review featured on a future episode, just like MK. Just like MK, which that was such a kind reading that I'm I'm not entirely convinced that that wasn't Mother Kellett, you know, MK. <laughs> Anytime I get a compliment about that, I'm like, is this my mom on Twitter? Is, what? is she doing that again? How many Twitter accounts is she up to now? Has it gone, has it gone past 33? Like, mom's got like 100 sock puppets. Like, David, you're doing wonderful. Um, and my final note for today, Comic Lab is made possible by your support on Patreon.com slash Comic Lab. So we'll go ahead and say that twice. Patreon.com slash Comic Lab. Hi, everyone. Susan McTaggart here, bringing you love and joy from the world of creativity and positivity and self-reinforcement. I want to talk to you about the four C's of, of social media. Let's all remember it's creation, uh, commercial, cremation is a big one. You're going to want to get your body. We all need to start thinking in a, in a world of six to seven billion people that burial is maybe not the best idea. So cremation is a big part of social media and also commercial. So that's been... Susan McTaggart giving you the four C's of social media. <laughs> what an asshole I am. That's wonderful. One, one slip of the tongue and I can't let it go. Hey. <laughs>